But here, on the very rim of known space, justice is a long way away. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host. I can talk today. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, red leather, yellow leather. And joining me, as always, is your co-host, Spaz. Hello. Your co-host, Julie. Hello from the state with all the governors in jail. <laughs> if, if, if you're if you're unaware, that's that's Illinois. If you're unaware, uh, uh, I feel like there's a story there, but that's for later. Le- several several stories. Uh, okay, <laughs> your co-host Thorsten. Hello, hello. Your co-host Jacob. Men wanted for hazardous journeys, sm- uh, small wages, bitter cold. Long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return, doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. Are we talking about Hard Space Shipbreaker here? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> uh, that is the advertisement for the uh, for Ernest Shackleton's um, expedition to the North, North Pole. Oh, God. Sounds wow. like fun. Sounds me up. thousand people signed up. Oh, I think I've heard a podcast 4, about that. 4,000 people signed up. <laughs> wow. And your co-host, David? Uh, I was thinking about a quote before this, but um, I have a slight technical uh, issue, so I got a little bit distracted about hello. That's fair. Hello. For the first time, our co-host David is streaming from inside a tin can after being abducted by Thargoids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, that's about right. Uh, (laughs) Oh, man. Steam Junkie podcast, and we decided to start filming on location. uh, uh, So so put Elite Dangerous down your bingo cards, everyone. Uh, That's fine, if you insist. (laughs) Folks, we have a guest this week. Uh, joining us back uh, from Boston, welcome back, uh, Kevin Lynn of WX3 Labs. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks. Great to be here. Uh, folks, if you're unaware, Kevin uh, released, what was it, about four years ago, three or four years ago, uh, a lovely little game called Starcom Nexus, which when people ask me what's a good game about space exploration, that's one of the first I tell them, because... SpaceX, a lot of games like try to do exploration, but they don't get it quite right. But your first game, Starcom Nexus, got it so right. It it, it made space it made space feel big. It made it feel empty. It made it feel scary, and it it really made the discoveries feel that much more awesome. Um, so uh, that was a great game. We had a lot of fun with it, and now a. Okay, so is this a sequel or a side game, or how would you describe the new one? <laughs> yeah, so it's sort of a sequel, but mostly, so it's, it's uh, you know, without too much spoilers, in the first game, you are a member of Starcom, sort of a, a Starfleet-style space organization, and you're pulled into a new universe, and you begin this this journey of exploration and discovery with some some friends and foes and so forth. And this game starts with the same premise or a similar premise you're a new commander in starcom and for different reasons you find yourself thrust into a new universe so it seems to be a recurring problem yes basically it's kind of like there's this particular story i want to tell where you are discovering a new universe and and sort of like I don't want to deal with the amnesia reason, like why you as a player don't know anything about this universe. So this sets up a you reason for like, exploration. You'd think by like the third one, they'd have contingencies <laughs> for this stuff. 
So it's not really a sequel. There will be some nods to the first game. There will be some Easter eggs and so forth making references to it. But the story is brand new. So you will have a friendly station uh, over there. So the setup is very similar. But then the, the story branches off in, in different directions. Uh, sort of the further on you go, it sort of is, is a completely different story. But it builds on the same premise. The players were very clear when I asked them. I, I did a survey after Starcom Nexus Pay. Do you want a sequel? And everyone said yes. And and many people made this point. Like, don't change too much. Just keep the gameplay the same. We <laughs> yeah. want a new story. You know, you can add some new mechanics, but don't don't like don't you know, you 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 can make the mistake of not changing enough. Don't change too much. Well, I gotta say, I think they're right because you're the first game, and now this one gets so much right, I think. Uh the exploration I touched on, but shipbuilding, this is like I, I usually can't stand shipbuilding. Usually I just can't like it just so many games are so fiddly, you know, with shipbuilding. It's like, I just, I don't want to do this. Just give me a ship. I just want to go. I just want to go out there. You know, just let me completely but, unlike me, but fair enough. Right. Exactly. I am the opposite of you in some ways, but the, the shipbuilding in this game is absolutely terrific. It's efficient. There's a good reason for it. It's hexagons. A fi- are oh, the best hexagons. Hexagons. <laughs> Yeah, that's very true. The the shipbuilding here is so efficient and quick and fun. And I love how if you make a mistake, you just be like, oh, I just want to take that part off. You get everything back. You don't like lose anything, you know, Uh, so you don't punish the player for trying something different. Um, A lot of commitment issues. Yeah, exactly. So it is... The shipbuilding, which is a big part of this game, is just so great. And I love... As, is it the same as the first game? It seems like pretty much the same as I remember it. It's, is anything to that? It's very... Uh, so the big change is that I would say that it uh, looks better. So in the first game, it was basically kind of programmer art for all the modules. Like I got <laughs> Blender and like learned how to make kind of vaguely blocky Lego-y parts. And that worked Good people liked it, but the big complaint was one that they they looked very Legoy the ships when you, because it's even though it's on a hexagon grid like everything is basically a brick. Um, yeah. So for this. this one, the change is one: the modules are not all a single hex. So they, some of them are single hex, but some of them are multiple hexes. And two, uh, I got a professional. Uh, modeler, um, Povolos, who's, I think, uh, from Poland, who did some, a really great job with creating good-looking modules, in my opinion. And because of their sort of non... Not, they're not all one hex, and they can join at different edges, you can rotate them. And it really, I think, makes the ships look more spaceshipy as opposed to, like, Lego Erector-type things. Uh, you can actually but, make them somewhat seamless looking while still being hexagonal. Exactly. Hexagonal. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, whereas me, I have no imagination. So it's like, here's a block with two engines on it. <laughs> Go. <laughs> well, you can still do that, but you can also place your armor strategically. Yes, which is the big thing I love because uh, while I do not care about ships looking pretty, I do care about... Uh, uh, about armor coverage and uh, armor schemes and stuff that actual warships have to deal with because I'm a massive nerd. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> like, I'm the person that gets disappointed, that's like disappointed that the system isn't more complex and doesn't have like weapon arcs and superstructures you have to deal with. But of course, <laughs> most people will be driven utterly insane by that, so I'm not surprised it's not there. 
I think there are other games. I think there are other games. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, unlike you, you know, I played a lot of space engineers and I like complex space building. And at first I space, I, I, I was a little disappointed at first. I said, well, where's all the rivets that are going to destroy my <laughs> ship when I do it wrong? But then the first time I made a mistake and I said, no, I want this in the front part of my ship. I said, well, I'm going to lose everything. And I said, oh, no, you want it in the front of your ship? Go ahead. And I said, wow, that's really nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so there's, Good. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, so there are some other changes. I tried to keep it not, I tried to keep it simple where sort of any feature add kind of, I felt like had to add a lot. Like I didn't want to add small features that kind of like added complexity without a lot of depth, but there were a few things that are new. So there's like a new thermal system where you can unlock a tech that'll allow you to sort of see how heat dissipates throughout your ship. And you get a moderate bonus for paying attention to that, like where yes, where heat can radi- radiate it's into. Also a, it's also Ooh. a good uh, incentive to not just pen, pent up, uh, penta stack your plasma cannons everywhere. Yeah, exactly. And you have to spread them out over your ship so you don't just melt. And also, I wanted to say that your uh, learning tree is not so complex. I can't understand what the heck is going on, and I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, you've retained the original game's approachability, which is really nice. I mean, the controls are very straightforward. Um, again, I love how you have the 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 one context button that does multiple things depending on what you're doing. I think that's true. That, while still not overlapping with any actually useful buttons, so you press it by accident when you're, uh, so you press it and it does the wrong thing. Exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah. like every console game from 2001 onward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, true. I've been keeping in the back of my mind how, uh, so it does not have uh, controller support yet, but that's a pretty high priority. And so when thinking about, features i'm often thinking about okay you know consoles don't have all the buttons that the keyboard does and so i'll be like oh how am i gonna how am i gonna get that the big thing uh consoles might struggle with is like menu navigation and shortcuts this game doesn't isn't really that complex in terms of it's not an rts like you need the, you need uh, the two analog sticks for movement and aiming standard stuff it's a twin sticker you need one shoulder button to shoot uh, guns you need probably the other shoot the shoulder button to shoot missiles and you're kind of set. Oh, it would go good on. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do not say that. But I was going to sit my own personal bingo. But I was going to say, however, <laughs> the first version of the game is popular enough so that the internet is populated with games for that console like. So that means there's a lot of people like me that want it on that console. Uh, the Switch. We're talking about the Switch, basically. Ah, okay, I got you. <laughs> you're, I actually... new. you're new here, so you don't know that, but uh, <laughs> Ju- uh, Julie wants. Uh, uh, Julie uh, mentions wanting a game on the Nintendo Switch on average, what? 1.7 times per podcast, she, give or I take? Mean, I mean, I can't blame her being ride or die for the Switch. It is a terrific platform. It is an absolutely uh, terrific platform. I mean, am I correct? The the first game is playable on the Steam Deck. It is. Uh, I believe there is like some minor issues. I've got notifications on, but I, I I actually just got a deck 
like last week. And I like popped it up and like, like, yep, seems playable. Like I didn't encounter any immediate problems. And I actually, and I got it because I was like, as soon as I get controller support in here, I should, you know, I want to make sure that, uh, that it's playable on the deck too. I mean, if they can get, if they can get no man's sky on the switch, you can definitely, (laughs) I don't know. It's yeah. I'm not a programmer though, but I have actually done UI design for games because university said so. So I can see this thing running on controller easily. Yeah. Yeah. I can see this. So being very controller friendly and, and even the ship designer, which like in so many other games can be so fiddly. I could see this ship designer being very controller friendly. Yeah. With it being hex based. That will need some fiddling, but I think it's doable. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah the, I'd be curious. I I, I agree. I, I feel like there's probably some like tricky areas, but I, I think you're right. I think that it probably could be made. I, I want it to be like fun. I want it to be actually fun on the controller, not just kind of like, oh, we can kind of get it to to work. Fair enough. <laughs> I think this would be great on the controller. Uh, so what are some of the other like, because you didn't change a lot. It felt a lot like the original game, which is a honestly a great thing. I loved it. But are, are a lot of the big changes under the hood? Like you said, the art, like what, what, what would you say are some of the other yeah. uh, big changes? So um, one of the other you big said? changes that's still undergoing kind of discovery is sort of, sort of brand new. In the first game, your crew were basically like a disposable resource. They were like your red shirts. They, they helped with repair. Yeah, yeah, and- yeah. I was wondering about that. I remember there being a third. Am I remembering correct? There was a third bar for crew. Yeah, but it was basically, yeah, no, you had crew and it was just a number. It was like, if you got them killed, you had to go back to the station and replenish them. You needed at least six to do a survey and they helped with, but they had no names or faces. So in this, you've got a named crew with a command crew with six, you know, portraits and characters and they have more gameplay impact. Like on the anomalies, there are skill checks. So depending on their skill, uh, you might be getting more hints, like sort of. Uh, it's I would say it's strongly influenced by Disco Elysium, kind of in that uh, thought cabinet, kind of like telling you lore that you wouldn't have otherwise picked up, or letting you get good, better, or worse results with like your resources checks. So that's that's new. Yeah, it reminded yeah, me. A lot of, it reminded me a lot of Starflight, which is a huge compliment. I must say. Oh, that's uh, the number one. In, everybody's like, oh, this is kind of like Urquan Masters. Like, and it's like, yeah, kind of. But Starflight is the game that like, I played as a kid and made me want to make this. this is the ga- that is the game I was dreaming of making for all the years when I, you know, before I, I started working on this. Yeah. I'm okay, no, my apologies. Yeah, I, w- I would say uh, Starflight is definitely in this thing's DNA, and I love it. Like, yeah, everyone remembers Urquan Masters and Star Control, too. But it's like, you know, Star... Starfleet, Starfleet came first, y'all. Let's not forget. <laughs> yeah, I actually played it by your recommendation because it's on GOG. Oh, the cheap. And what'd you I think? Couldn't uh, I played? I believe the second one, Starfleet Two. Okay, because the first one just refused to work, even despite GOG's best attempts. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a- it was pretty fun. Obviously, very fiddly, and with a UI designed for. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was 1986 there was no such thing as you know i designed yeah User that experience was not a huge consideration <laughs> but i did like I, I did enjoy it both conceptually and sort of visually i did like the aesthetic but i do i do prefer games that 
don't expect me to operate. Like, I, I know how to operate a front panel on a nuclear submarine, and that shit is... <laughs> and that shit is beyond me. Yeah, yeah it's, that was... Uh, good. 300k is, like, how big that, that game was. You Amazing. Know, incredible. Came on two low-density floppies. <laughs> you, you know, also, here's the thing. You say, that, like, 1986. Starfleet 2 also existed. Yeah, that's a couple Star- years later. Yeah, yeah, Starfleet 2 was 1989. Yeah, yeah, that ah, came so out. So staggering. Apparently, three years later, make all the difference in UI design. I'll take your word for it. it, it uh, they, the, oh, a, lot, yes. a lot of people complained about Starflight 2 and that it wasn't different enough from the first game, which I disagree with. Um, wasn't the first game like a bat, like a mediocre clone of that uh, of that Star Trek arcade? No, game no, no. You're, think, you're thinking Starfleet. You're thinking Starfleet. Oh, Starflight. Yeah, right. Starf. Starf. Yeah. Starflight. Admittedly, I've looked at the videos, and yeah, they're both pretty similar, so I can see where that's coming from. Yes, yes. Starf- Starflight uh, 1 and 2 are astounding games, which I I wish I could tell more people to play, but they're so archaic at this point that it's tough. To- they're so janky. They're, they're tough to recommend. And the first one is so like somehow, I don't know how they did their save system, but that's the thing that keeps it from working in a lot of modern systems is their wacky ass. We're going to save the whole universe uh, system for a save. Uh, it, you can only have one save and it stops the entire game for like 10 minutes while you're saying <laughs> it. Oh my God. Yeah, the save system in the first game, it it wasn't much better in the second, but it was better. <laughs> but, but oh my god, so um, so yes, uh, there's a lot of so yeah the uh, the new kind of RPG mechanics of the crew definitely remind me of Star Starflight in a good way because it's kind of a similar thing in that game where you have your crew with their RPG thing with their with their uh, stats and like the better they get at something, the better it, it translates to them in game. Uh, so, so that really reminded me of Starflight in a good way. So kudos to that. (laughs) And I'd say like, so the other, maybe this, so the, the, the big things I would say, the, the kind of revamped shipbuilding kind of being looking better, the crew system. And I would say the third biggest thing, um, is an overhaul of the mission system, basically better mission tracking. Cause that was kind of a, a complaint about Nexus is that there was a lot to do and a lot to explore, but a lot of it kind of felt like old school pen and paper RPG where you'd get clues and you'd have to write it down and like draw maps, but it didn't track enough for you or attracted in this log where you had to search and people often said, you know, it's like we're, we're, you know, I can understand why you'd maybe want to avoid handholding in a fantasy RPG, but this is like a spaceship. Your first officer should be able to track like what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> There's 400 people on the damn thing and none of them could do a thing for themselves. <laughs> like, I'll be honest. This is the one thing I find annoying with like a lot of a lot of like top end simulators and a lot of uh, games like that. They don't realize that while you're the captain, there's like a hundred people or like a mid-sized ship that can all do stuff <laughs> and you could delegate them to do stuff. You don't need to keep a journal or intel. You just tell us, you just tell freaking Ensign McTwiddly Dumb to keep the journal for you. Oh, so before I forget, I actually have an important announcement, which I was, it's going to happen uh, I think tomorrow, but I'm going to drop it now that I have a release date for early access. Ooh. Yay. Ooh. Yeah, When's so that? That's great. 
Wow. December, <laughs> December 14th this year. Oh, wow. A little over. Congratulations. Ooh. Great. Right Ooh. before Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Right. But as this, so. does the steam still, does, does the seam, does the big Christmas steam sale start at that point? I don't think it does. It hasn't. Um, yeah, because of Steam's release rules, like new releases are not eligible for the um, the seasonal sales. So basically, right. it was just like I want to make sure that I'm not happening d- releasing during that. Yes, um, yes. Don't so release kind of during this. Yeah. Uh, when I see a game like released during a big Steam seasonal sale, I'm like, what are you doing? This is a terrible idea. <laughs> What's wrong? Yeah, the rule is that you that if you release within a month of a big steam sale, you're ineligible to join in that sale. Right. That's basically yeah. how the rule works. So you, you, you're asking people to pay full price while they're spending money. No, no, you can do a launch discount. Maximum. You just can't okay. join in on the steam sale. If you have but done a launch discount. SEO and all that. Yeah. Fair enough. So yeah, do that in advance. And uh, yeah, get out there before the sale smugly. starts. Yeah. Get out there before the sale starts. That's great. Yeah. December 14th. Yeah, and that's basically so. Actually, the Nexus dropped into early access on December twelfth of twenty eighteen, and graduated on December twelfth of twenty nineteen. So it's I'm, I'm definitely setting up a, a trend here. It hasn't been deliberate, but that's just how the right, schedule so is. You can't average it out and bring it back one day forward for my birthday. It's Fair a enough. Positive <laughs> trend. It's a positive trend. We'll take it. <laughs> yes. All right. So. Uh, I mean, I guess. So I guess for the day after my actual birthday, I'll. Uh, well, I don't have to get it. I think I. Are there other keys that we got given like the full game? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You should yeah, have a key I, for this. I'll probably, I'll probably still buy it for someone, but uh, sure and fair enough. Yeah, that's what I try and do. I try and gift copies of uh of games I really like that I've been given keys All for. Right, I need to find one more space nerd that doesn't have this game already, <laughs> which is kind of the issue. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I'm sure a bunch of people on our server will probably buy it, and I'm sure there might be someone who would be happy for a, for a gift. Oh, certainly. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else do I have to say? Uh, not much, besides going back to talking about the game itself. Right. It, I mean, I, I I put like a little over an hour into it. Uh, I think maybe an hour and a half. And one thing I have to say that I think is an improvement from the first game is... Uh, it seems like um, fast travel points, whether they're the uh, the gate or the zip. What's the other thing? The zippy thing that makes you flingers. Flingers, yeah. Like they seem a little more numerous in this version, yeah. which which I appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's trying to tough tough to balance because you know some players really like the feeling of kind of like oh I'm exploring and the universe feels big and it takes a little while to get from A to B. But I I think that there was room for tightening that up and still keeping that feel, but not have as much of the, the backtracking. So, you know, oh, sometimes, I absolutely agree. Yeah. You have to go a couple, maybe like on the main story path. Like if you want to go off path, go into void, then you don't, then you can't complain too much if there's like a, a trek back, but for the main storyline, the main quests, things try yeah. to be not too far from either. The big, universal rule for games like that is you do not want is you want people to be able to explore uh but the big thing you never want is to have people go back to places they've already been because that's just dull yeah unless there's more new stuff there yeah so you yeah in in this case uh i did complete everything that was in this uh playable beta that we have and the most 
uh, time I spent backtracking was when I had done a whole bunch of exploration, picked up a whole bunch of minerals, and I wanted to go back and upgrade my ship or do more research. Yes. Uh, and that's a great reason to go back. But yeah. I didn't have to unless I had said, I'm done with doing this. I think I need to go back now. And that's great. Yeah, there's yeah, one seen- thing I did is good. Oh, is that I just made so like the the gate your your home gate? I just put that like in the first game. I think it was like maybe like sixty seconds away from your base, and this one I kind of tightened it up to just like thirty seconds because I'm like people aren't going to want to like that's not a fun trek. Like once you come home, having to trek back to your your base, like that's yes. Let's, let's make that as yeah. tight as possible. Yeah, and uh, well, I did. I also appreciated that like. Oh, there might be a system way out there. Okay, that's great. And it takes a little while to get to that system. But then in that system is a flinger or a gate. So and you could just go back. Yeah. If you have it like, oh, I found this neat. I found a bunch of minerals. I want to go back and, uh, you know, try and upgrade, you know. So um, even if there's a flinger that like flings you around back near a gate, that it, it really did seem uh, more efficient in that regard, which I really appreciate. Um, Good. Because, like, I played Starflight three or four times, but that was when I was younger and there were fewer games and I had more time. <laughs> like, you have nothing to spend your time on. Just just play our game. You have no other choices. This is the only space game that exists. This is the only game you're going to have for a year. So, you know, we're going <laughs> to... If it takes an hour to fly back to base, that's all right. <laughs> we don't have, I don't have the patience for that now. So I appreciate... I appreciate little uh, little nods to fast travel. Not too much. I I get that's a thing you want to balance. You want people to have that that um, satisfying uh, feel of exploration. But like having ways for people to get back to a place um, is really nice. And also like there are some plants like you visit more than once. Like I found a planet with a trader guy on it that I couldn't. I had I had no stuff for him at the moment, but I can go back there later. Yeah, you know? and then the uh, by the way. Massive props. You put the you, you put the on the map the ability to put down notes on the map. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes, that's players really like to 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 sort of say like, yeah, this is this is where the important thing is. Yes, I used it to uh, note down the big infinite uranium mine because I really like missiles. Is it Ooh. supposed to be infinite, or did did I like break the game or something? Uh, just- that moment you're talking about the uranium mine in like the Nimian region. I believe so. Yeah, uh, yes. that that definitely needs some balance. It's not infinite. Well, it's sort of infinite, but you have to like you can't get it all at once. Like you have to come back over time. But I think oh, like I on your first that. trip, yeah. Sometimes I think it just didn't have you fail often enough. Like if your skill was high enough, you just keep getting basically all the uranium that yes, like, the, you could ever the, want. that does kind of lead to maybe not an issue, but a potential concern I have is that. The one thing this game might struggle with is a degree of like resource scarcity and the fact that you can't get resources reliably. The fact that there's like 100% return on modules is fine. But if, for example, you have missiles that require you to spend resources and uranium on, you don't have an infinite or semi-infinite way of doing that. You're at that point on like a roguelike level of limited resources. So the latest update changes that. So your default missiles do not consume resources, but there are several missile variants that you can research that are basically kind of so like fission missiles are one of those missile variants now because. Yeah. Ooh. 
Ooh. So the next release, the full release, will have at least one other variant. So your, your default missiles, and then it adds uh, um, fission missiles, which are kind of like look more more impressive and actually blow up more stuff. And then potentially soon, I don't know if it's going to be in this release, but you encounter at least an enemy with a a new kind of missile. That's uh, uh, that's going to be fun. Got it. Good times. Yeah, one thing one thing that's great about your game is the combat, and it feels just as satisfying. Uh, thing I love how I mean I don't want your I don't want our ship to blow up, but enemy ships I love how they blow up piecemeal, bit by bit. I I love that. You know, it's just and the strategic targeting of them as well. If you want to take out a specific weapon system, you can just aim for their engines, or you can aim for their weapons and take those out and pick off the rest as you need to. Yeah, as the as the maker of the game, lots of the parts of the game become sort of tedious when I'm play testing. Like it's like, oh, I'm gonna have to do this mission again. But still, even after all this time, I find the the combat. Like I don't skip the combat. I'll like press the dev, dev cheat to skip this, you know, this part of the mission, but I'll be like, oh, I'll blow these guys up. It's like, I like, I like to see the particle effects. Oh, it's, it's, it's gorgeous. The little, the little, the, how the little pieces explode as the ship comes apart. I, I love that so very much. <laughs> it's just- Actually, I really, I really have to uh, uh, give you kudos uh, uh, about that because uh, I struggle a lot with top down games and uh, this one works really Really, really great for me, and uh, it's simply, it's simply well done. Thank you. Great. Might, might I ask what you struggle with, Thurston? I, I didn't know that. What do you? What, what's the struggle? I, I, I generally have, have have problems with with top down games, and uh, often that the combat is too fast for me uh, for me uh, nowadays. Uh, too much action, and uh, my reactions aren't set good anymore uh, that's fair yeah. i could definitely empathize with that i have to most i've i've given up on platformers like in the last few years oh god yeah i can't do those anymore i, I was never great at them to begin with but anything that involves any kind of precision or whatever yeah no i i just no <laughs> well you know i just like torsten we we play a lot of this this means warp and and I often have a problem with it because it's only W at a, you know, the WSD keys. And this, when I first saw it, I said, oh, no, it's just that I'm going to have the same kind of problems. But that it's not that, just that. And so I really appreciated the, uh, the different ways to control the ship. Uh, and, uh, a side note, Julie, uh, do you have a gamepad? If you use a gamepad with this means warp, it works really well. I do. It's gathering dust in the corner of my desk. Maybe I should dig it out. Yeah, I just thought I'd mention that because uh, that's what I used when I played it. So. Uh, also, I, I wanted to ask, and I know it's probably patently obvious to everybody else, but I wasn't here the last time you were on the show, and it's going to drive me nuts if I don't ask. Does, does the WX3 actually stand for anything? No. Uh, this is kind of silly. Um, basically, I got my start um, like in the tech field, like in the mid '90s, and I decided to strike out on my own and become like a web developer. And so I was like, "Oh, I need a domain name. I want something short." And I came up with this thing that I thought was clever. In hindsight, it kind of seems silly. Is like 
W times three equals WWW. So I was like, oh, it's three. It's a three character domain name that I can register. I'll take that. And so basically it's become my short domain name that I've had even ever since, even though I am no longer a web developer. So that's the story behind that. <laughs> See, if I hadn't known it was going to bother me and at two in the morning, I probably would have, <laughs> I probably would have said, look, I got to know I'm going to have somebody where knows your email address. So remind me, was, was Starcom Nexus your first game? I don't remember. Was, was it your it first was game? my first Steam game. Um, oh. I had released several Flash games, um, including a Starcom game. So that Starcom Nexus was actually what? sort of a sequel. Yeah, it was an extremely basic, compared to Nexus, it was basically asteroids with some light RPG elements. But... Um, it really resonated with a lot of players and it was really their clamoring saying like, Oh, we want like a new, we want a new version of this to be like, Oh, maybe I could make a new version and, and do my dream game of basically like a star flight. And these players will be kind of the base. Um, but yeah, so there was that. And I tried to play it recently and I like, was like, Oh, I can't even like, you can't play flash anymore. It's like, I couldn't even figure out how to like play my own game. Um, but yeah, so like 2008, 2009 is when it came out. Is that the Planet Defender one? No. So Planet Defender was my very first game. Uh, that was basically, I had never made any kind of real video game before at that point, other than like in ba- Choose Your Own Adventures and Basic from high school. Um, and that was, so that was the first. Then uh, Starcom, the Flash game, followed by a... Uh, a very unsuccessful gauntlet clone that I made in the oh. mid 2000s. Yeah, it was kind of my first attempt to be like, oh, well, these my two first two hobby games found an audience. Maybe I could make a game professionally and actually charge money, and that that didn't work. But uh, <laughs> I think I think that was probably a very tough time to be an indie game developer back in the mid aughts because there was like almost no digital distribution at all. Yes. Yeah. I think, I mean, it was fantastic as a learning experience. Like I think that the mid aughts was possibly the best time for someone who's wanted to develop games to get started, even if they didn't Hmm. care, particularly if they didn't care about money, because (laughs) it was the first time that you had a platform flash, which was fairly easy to develop for. You didn't have to like learn assembly or. Oh, so like new, new grounds and stuff like that. Exactly. New grounds, armor games, congregate. Right. Yeah. 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 And if you made a game that was fun, you could instantly have overnight, have people all over the world playing. And this is the first time that that was the case. You know, before that you had to figure out some sort of like, distribution system but you can mm. have players immediately even if you didn't have any connections in the industry and so that was really really valuable and i think i was very lucky to get started at that time i hate to admit it but i i always forget about flash games i always forget that that was a thing for a while yeah it was huge just as kind of but then i mean flash had all sorts of problems but during <laughs> yeah the new grounds yeah yeah congregate era it was really like I found all these fun games that were really simple, but they were super addictive. Like these, these tower defense games and like these, I don't know, hit the dot. And one that even kind of influenced me a little bit called, uh, what was it called? Upgrade complete. Where basically you just, what was it? Upgrade complete feature unlocked, something like that. Where basically like you kind of, the game started very simple, but then like you just, as you unlocked waves, you unlocked the features of the game. And I was like, that's kind of a neat one. I remember that one. 
I do. I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was a it was a shmup. And as you as you played the game and you bought more features, you unlocked things like better graphics and more enemies. Yes, exactly. It's something very tongue in cheek. Like even like things like I don't even like some ridiculous stuff like the options menu was an unlock. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it had really, really intentionally terrible graphics to start with. And as you bought more features, you could increase the, the graphic quality of the game. It was great. That's, it was really great. That's terrific. It's what we call preemptive satire. That is, oh, that is it, great. It was roguelite. It was very roguelite before roguelite was very much a thing. Oh, yeah. It had that, that yeah, it has that meta progression, which was not really a thing. Yes. In now the, Flash is dead, and uh, 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 but Steam is here. Well, so. well, yeah, and a lot of those games, by the way, just just I should mention, a lot of those games that were really popular on Congregate and elsewhere have been ported to Steam. Yeah, like the rebuild games. Uh, yeah, um, I played one. It was kind of in a similar vein. What was it called? There is no game wrong dimension. It was really fun, and that was, I think, a Flash game. There's a lot of, and wasn't. Um, Oh, what's that super famous? Binding of Isaac. Wasn't that Flash? I, was it? I, it might have been. I I'm not sure. Yeah, Fernando brings up a good point. It's like, I mean, Flash did have a lot of problems. But, like, rather than try and fix it, because it had... Flash had a huge adoption rate. Huge. Yeah, and massive. It, it started to drop, though, when uh, when Unity started to get a lot more popular. Mm, and yeah. then oh, okay, they, that makes sense. Yeah. People, <laughs> and they completely killed it. Was it like maybe two years ago, three years ago, um, where they actually like basically all the browsers says we will not even allow you to install this like optionally. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It is. It is deader than dead. It is super duper dead. I remember when it was a thing for a while. When I when I started, um, I work in uh, search engine optimization, and I started in two thousand four. And and you wouldn't believe how many flash sites I had to deal with in the early parts of my career. <laughs> oh, that must be really hard for search engine. It's impossible. We'd have to tell people like like the the company that I worked for for a while. They were terrible. They they take anybody, any client, and so we'd get a flash site, and we're like, we can't do anything with this. There's nothing for search engines to read. Absolutely nothing. We can't. We can do nothing. We have to tell them you have to make an HTML version of your site. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean make an HTML as in like make what else do they make it with? No, because Flash, you, I mean, what what search engine spiders do is they read the source code of a page or a site. And with Flash, there's nothing to read. You know, there's nothing for search engines to look at. So we had to tell clients you can make an entire website in Flash. What? Yeah, Why people would, would make sites entirely in Flash, or the ball they, or it would be in a, the worst part. The wor- if I may have a side thing here, they put it. Uh, they'd have a frame, multiple frames, which also search engines can't read. Um, right. Remember frames? Uh, yeah. And like two of the frames would be Flash, and then three of the frames would be like HTML. But it doesn't matter because they can't read any of those things. So we'd have to tell people, you have to stop using frames. You have to stop using Flash. You have to make an actual, actual. We lost clients because we're like, we can't do anything with this. We can't optimize your site at all because search engines can't read this. <laughs> so you're not going to get anywhere. 
but we work so hard. It looks so great. People love it. Well, I mean, that's nice, but search engines can't do anything with this. They'd come to us like, why can't, why is our search engine listing like blank? It's like, because there's nothing there for search engines to read anyway. <laughs> so, so yeah, I've, I've done a lot more with flash than I care to admit. And, uh, not, it wasn't positive a lot. <laughs> But it did have the very good, the, the really fantastic advantage that you could just really, with very, very basic programming skills, create a very, you know, very simple but fun game and then just put it in front of like literally a million people overnight. Yeah, I, I remember playing a lot of great games on um, <clears throat> on uh, Newgrounds. And what was the other one, Spaz? Uh, Congregate? Congregate. Con- yeah, Congregate I remember Congregate. Was really big. Yeah. yeah, I remember Congregate. Yeah, that was a wow. The mid two thousand, the two thousands were a weird time for gaming. <laughs> it was a weird, and then and then of course Armor Games, yeah, which is yeah. Uh, did a lot of publishing as well. Oh, what was Armor Games? I don't remember that one. Uh, Armor Games, uh, they they did their own hosting, but they also uh, ended up being a publisher, a co publisher for a lot of Flash games that ended up going on Steam later. Uh, they they would actually host standalone versions that uh, people could buy. Yes, and Starcom, actually, I think Armor was the first, uh, quote, contract I'd ever gotten in game development, which was to get a sponsored version of Starcom, uh, and which actually turned out to be somewhat relevant recently because I had to register. I recently registered the um, Starcom as a trademark. Oh. And the... the, They let uh, you do that? Yeah. Yeah, um, there was somebody else who was trying to register in the same space, but they didn't have a product, and so there was, I had to get involved with like a trademark attorney. Who said, oh God! You have this. You have proven that you've been doing business using the Starcom mark for you know fifteen years. So we'll just put that in there, and then that you know that was that was the proof that that I needed. Wow! Because I remember the Starcom game toys from back in the eighties. Yeah, I didn't even know that. I've never heard of those until like halfway through development of Starcom Nexus. It was like, and then someone was like, "Hey, did you know there was like these toys?" And I was like, "No, do I need to worry about this?" Probably not. Um, it's been so no, long, yeah, but actually, it's been abandoned. They the, the trademark has been abandoned since ninety oh two thousand one. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Nobody renewed it, and uh, I believe it. And, in fact, weird weird little trivia about that show. They actually did have a partnership with NASA. What? Yeah. What? They, had a, they had a partnership with NASA because <laughs> of because of the content. They wanted to actually have kids interested in space exploration. So yeah, here's the thing. I feel like a, a few things had a, had a contract with NASA at that point for this exact reason. There were a few. Yeah, I think Space the, Camp. Uh, yeah, the, the movie, movie Space Camp. Yeah, that's what I was about to bring up. The movie Space Camp. <laughs> God, what a movie! <laughs> returning to the the nostalgia theme, I have a question for you, Brian. Which I, people oh. often ask, what genre is this game in? And I'm like, it, the genre doesn't have a name. Like, there's enough games in it that it feels <sighs> like it would have one. Like Escape Velocity, Starflight, um, Space Rangers. There's I mean, probably. Uh, the closest thing I guess you can come is space adventure, you know, space like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think the closest you can come is a space adventure game, um, which there are quite a bit of, um, 
But yeah, like it doesn't like it. It doesn't have an official like rogue like title or something. You know what I mean? It does. Yeah, there, there's no like, there's no title that's been adopted into the zeitgeist or whatever. You know, it's just, it's a, it's a space game with adventure elements. So it's a space adventure. That's I think the closest you could get, uh, to officially calling it, like, like a kind of genre this would fit into. Um. Yeah, because I'm always trying to capture like there's sort of a few elements that feel core to it. Like there's one, it's a space adventure. Your ship is your character as opposed to like Mass Effect is like a space adventure, but that's like your Yeah, no, I would I would call that more of a science fiction RPG okay. than a than a space adventure because like you're 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 not in space a ton of the time. I mean you're more you're more on planets shooting stuff or space stations shooting stuff, you know, but but here space is the focus. So I would call this like if I had to, if someone had to, if someone held a gun to my head and said, describe this game, I would call it a space adventure with RPG and combat elements. You know, that's what I would call this. You know, um, but, but yeah, there's no like official thing. Like, I, I don't even think like FTL spawned a whole genre of, of its own, like, like a whole sub genre of, of those. They don't call them anything. They don't call them anything. I call them FTL likes, but they don't like officially. They're not called like anything. Um, they're just more. I mean, technically, they, technically they are in that uh, rogue like. It's it's not rogue. really yeah. It's not really fair to call them clones of FTL because a lot of them use similar aspects. But then, so did FTL, borrowing aspects from roguelikes that came before, just taking them onto a new direction, and that's why. I don't like using the word clone when it comes to things like right. It's kind of like that. It just it, it's not fair. It's it's more reductive than anything. Yeah. But uh, but but um, I, I'm when I call the things like a FTL, like it's a compliment because FTL was great. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, yeah. That's yeah. Using the term clone with it though is no clone. Clone is like clone it. is not as. Like these games, I mean, they take they're they're inspired by. They're not they're not trying to clone the game. They're inspired by the game, which I think is much more aspirational than just yeah. calling something a clone. You know, right. um, like I consider Starcom to be inspired by Starflight, but it's you know. I, oh, exactly. Totally. Yeah, it's totally exactly. Not, yeah, the, like I would say, if anything, Star Control Two is more of a clone of Starflight than anything else. Yeah, but, although I actually had some of the same people working on it, didn't it? Yeah. I, I think some people, I think some of the Starflight people did help on star control too. Um, those couple of, couple of the binary systems guys. I do, I do believe worked on, uh, on star control too. But, uh, so there's so many similarities <laughs> except like, except for the combat. So much of that game, those two games are so similar <laughs> to me at least. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a great, uh, it was a great, great formula. It was like for for people at that time who really kind of wanted, because you know, this was I think people who like loved Star Trek. Exactly. Yes. Like like Starflight was like, oh my god, I'm captain of my own ship. Here's the universe. Go out and find stuff. It's like, oh my god, I've wanted this since I was four years old. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. If, if analytics existed at the time, I'd be curious to see how many people's character was named Kirk. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Yeah. How, like, like, like I, I always put my friends and family because folks, if you haven't played um, Starflight, you can name your crew. You can name all the members of your crew. 
So I always name them after friends and family. But how many people like name them after Star Trek characters? You know, I, I so many, I bet. <laughs> yeah, I bet the, like the uh, the science officer was like always Spock. The medical was always Bones. Exactly, exactly, and that and that's fine. I mean, I love that they let you do that. You know, I love that they let they let you you know make the crew that much more personal by naming them yourself. You know, I, I love that they let you do that. Um, so- I would also say the the adventure tag applies with the previous game in the series because yeah, with the exploration aspects on planets, you had uh, that that ex- some of that exploration would would be. You know, you pick a direction, Zork style. I was going to say, it's almost like an old text adventure, except you're not typing things. You're choosing, choosing options, Um, which, which I love. I love those little adventure bits on the planets. I always get excited when I scan a planet. It's like, Ooh, send the party down. Yay. More stuff to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The combat's great, by the way. And, and the exploration is great, but also the planetary exploration was great in, in the previous game. And that is one of those things that I, I keep thinking back on every time I play it is uh, just that exploration of something new. Yeah, I liked the idea of sort of one of the original ideas I had when I was working on it um, was I was like, what do planets do? So in the Flash game, the planets were just literally background objects like decoration. Um, and then I was like, they should do something. And so I spent a lot of time just trying to figure out what they did. Because in Starflight and also, I think, Star Control 2, they had this kind of mini game that I was like, I'm not sure this is going to translate well into kind of a modern. Uh, No, no, no one would have the patience to spend two hours driving around a planet to mine three things, you know. (laughs) Because that's what you and did yeah, in Starfleet. <laughs> right. And then is every planet going to be exactly like that? I feel like that's like the planet's supposed to be. I envision the planet as like, okay, you go into a system, you explore it. There's some enemies. The planet's more like the treasure chest at the end. So it shouldn't be a chore. It should be like, boom, like you get down there. There's some like mystery and discovery. But it shouldn't be like more than maybe like two or three minutes of your time to go through it. So I spent a lot of time like I actually even implemented a mini game in Nexus that was like kind of you targeted the anomaly and you like launched your ship and try to get down it. And it was like, okay, this is fun. Like the first three times you do it. Yeah. Like in mass effect two, it did get a little jarring after a while. It was like, okay, I gotta do this again. Okay, fine. Yeah. But you didn't really play through mass effect one, Brian. And was uh, it worse in mass effect? Was it worse than Mass well, Effect 1? <laughs> you had the Mako landing on planets. Oh, wait. You, and then wait, you had that, to drive it around. Wait. No, 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 no. Don't diss uh, the Mako. God. It was awful. And I I'm not it. dissing the Mako. I'm No, don't get me wrong. I am not dissing the Mako because the Mako was actually kind of fun in its own janky way. Uh, no, what I'm talking about is the planetary exploration with the vehicle... Uh, exploration part of it oh yeah that was annoying exactly oh, that's what i'm talking about oh see that, that sounds that, that sounds reminiscent of starflight in the in the worst in way in the, in, yeah. in the worst possible way because i mean that was probably the worst part of starflight 
I mean, I love Starflight. Don't get me wrong, but that was the most tedious part. Was like, okay, I have to, I have to land here. Okay, there's nothing here. I got to take off again. I got to land again. Oh, now there's something here, but just a little bit. Okay, I got to take off and land again. Okay, there's something here, but a little. That was probably just cruising around for minerals and stuff. Was was definitely the most tedious part of that game, hundred percent. And so it was tedious, but I think it didn't suffer as much because like you're comparing it to other games, like. It was sort of close to like the basic games that you'd have on a lot of other things, but like now people are going to be comparing it to like just whatever game they could play on their phone is going to be more entertaining than that. So you don't want to, yeah. I just didn't want to be like at the time. time I was mostly okay with it. It did. There were times where it was like, I, keep, I have to keep doing this. I just want to get back to my ship. Uh, but looking back on it, I could not do, deal with it now. So I'm yeah. really glad it didn't go the that route. Sequence was so long. Do you remember that? Like it was cool the, though, because like, it was oh, cool. look yeah. at this fractal thing I'm going down on. This is great. I'm landing on an actual planet. This is I'm doing it like in real time. Because there was nothing like that in 1986. Oh was, no, yeah, they they were really like ahead of their times in terms of the procedural stuff. Uh, but but yeah, of course the computers were so slow back then. It's like. Okay, I'm going to go get some coffee because <laughs> yeah. I'll be back when we're finally landed. If it takes too long and it's too tedious, everybody's going to think you're playing Elite Dangerous. Oh. What I wanted to ask oh. is this, is because you went from the Flash version of Starcom to your Lost Crips uh, effort and Lost Crips, you're looking at a video of it. It's like a, it's like a lot of things you see on the phone now. And uh, I'm curious what brought. I mean, is is the fact that you said that one wasn't successful? What brought you back to, uh, brought you back to games like Starcom? If if so, I'm glad it did. But uh, I'm curious what made you say, okay, I'm just going to dedicate my time to uh, space games. Almost every indie game developer has uh, a dream game that they've kind of had in their back of their head. And that they, when they start out, they don't have the skills to make it. And But it's kind of like what gets them started in game development. I think Starflight, like a modern version of Starflight, was always that. And Lost Crips was kind of like, well, I remember having a lot of fun with Gauntlet, so maybe I'll give it a try with that. But I think that I was always going to get pulled back to making something like Starflight. I was like, if, you know, that's that's what I want to do uh, with my game. I want it to be space exploration where it feels like a big space and anything can happen. And And I think you've succeeded. Like, this is... Like I can count, I feel like the game. I feel like I can count the games that get exploration right on one hand, and this is one of the, your your Starcom games are among those. Thank you. That's um, very high praise. Oh yeah, because it's like I said earlier, it's tough to do it right. It it's it's really tough to do it right because you gotta give enough of a carrot on a stick to keep the player going, but make space feel big enough that when you find something, it really feels like it matters. You know, it really feels meaningful and that is not a tricky, th- that is not an easy thing to do. And I think, um, your game gets it right. Of course, Starflight. I think distant worlds does a great job of it. Um, Noctis remember Noctis, uh, and probably no man's sky. And that's probably it. 
I'm approaching infinity. Wait, how do you spell Noctis? N-O-C-T-I-S. Uh, oh, yeah. I'd say approaching infinity uh, definitely belongs there. Yeah, yeah. there's a yeah. There's okay. so much exploration that that's required. Uh, yeah, to actually get anywhere, and then when you do, he's already in, improved the planetary exploration with. So well, planets are more than one screen now, <laughs> <laughs> and and then going underground, you have sometimes dozens of underground floors to go through, and those can be more than one screen now. Yeah, so, yeah, that's that, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, okay, so maybe so now two hands, I guess now what one hand <laughs> and one finger, I guess. Uh, but that, no, you're right about approaching infinity. I keep for I keep sadly forgetting about that one, but well, yeah. It, it just seems to me that there are way too many shooters type space games and there aren't nearly enough exploration type well, games. And that's why I'm glad to see one like this. Yeah, she, oh, case, I fully I, agree with you. 100%. And then there's me who believes that there's plenty of shooter space games, but not enough good ones. You're not wrong. Well, You're that's not, not wrong either. <laughs> You're both you could correct. both be right. You're both correct. You're both. <laughs> I mean, shooters are shooters are a little easier to do. They're much more straightforward. They can be a lot more linear. You know, they're they're not as expansive. So you know, shooters are easier to do, and and there are some great, there are some they're great shooters out there. Do, easier, easier. Yeah, easier. They're easier to do the bare minimum on. Yeah. Like, like my, so, no one wants to do Children of a Dead Earth. No one wants to do Nexus the Jupiter incident anymore. Uh, both uh, really good games. Well, I mean, we, 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 we are getting the more complex games now, thankfully, like Nebulous. And uh, what was the one we played a couple Capital weeks ago? Command. Capital Command. Yeah. Capital that, Command. Yeah. So we are getting there. But, uh, but, but yeah, I think that uh, there's all there has to be a demand for them, and I think there is. It's just people forget that sometimes, you know. Well, I will admit that um, you know, as far as my preferences go, if it's a shooter, I'm kind of like I prefer to be in the cockpit. But if it's yeah, if it's exploration, I you know normally I don't really like top-down games, but this is different because it's exploration, and this is why I like games like Cosmonautica, which has that exploration element in it, and that space trading kind of element in it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, exploration is not an th- easy thing to get right. So kudos to you, uh, Kevin, Thank for. You getting it right because it's, I mean, a lot of games try and either half it or just don't have enough. Like you can go exploring in freelancer and it's a little satisfying, but like, that's not what the game's about, you know? Yes. In general, freelancer's big issue is it, despite it being nominally open world, it is painfully linear. Yeah. And like you, you go too much off far, you go too far afield and it's like, Oh yeah, they put nothing here. Like uh, they put absolutely nothing here. I'm just going to go back. Uh, there's absolutely nothing out here. Um, so it's really nice to see a game that focuses on exploration and succeeds. Um, Cause I, I think that's the best part of any kind of space game is exploration. That's my favorite part of any space game that has it is exploration, especially when it's done well. Like, Thank you. so yeah, massive kudos in that regard because Damn, <laughs> you get it so, so right. Circling, 
circling back to what we were asking earlier about what was new. So one of, I guess there is a fourth thing that's kind of invisible is that I revamped the, the authoring tools that I, um, so in the, in the first game I was, you know, so they're both using unity engine, but in the first one, all the content was mostly authored in unity. And for this one, I, I came up with creating my own tool because one thing I discovered is that for the exploration part, I really need to create a lot of content. And so anything that I could do that could streamline that and particularly streamline the testing of the content was going to pay big dividends in terms of how long it took me to create like a mission or anomaly or mm. or a discovery. And so that was that's one thing that you don't you don't actually physically see it in the game, but there's like an right. entire suite of tools that I've Oh, that's nice. Would you say there is more in this game than the first one? Like more stuff, more like is it bigger? Currently, uh, currently it's smaller because it's going into early access. Sure, and sure, of course. So at this point, I, I'm, the goal is to make, definitely make it bigger, and I think I'm, I feel fairly confident that that's a realistic goal. Like I have a lot of ideas of things that either could be repurposed in a slightly different way in this game, so I don't have to relearn how to implement X, but also some cool new ideas of like new stories to tell and new stuff to discover that I definitely wanna want to get in there so the goal is significantly bigger oh good because um, not that the first game was small to any degree but you know when you do a follow-up you, you especially one like this like i want more stuff i want more to do so i'm very gratified to hear that <laughs> yeah that was the other thing players were basically same game but different but also more so that was that, that, yeah that sounds about right and it looks like that's exactly what you're giving them which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. If, if it's if it's not broken, don't fix it. And if you can add a little more on top of that, awesome. <laughs> well, you know, nobody has complimented you, and this is probably because I didn't play the first one. But I'm looking forward to going back and doing that. But uh, one of the things I really liked, and after watching part of the stream today, seeing a really bad example of this, I really liked the artwork in the game. And it might be a, seem like a small thing to a lot of people, but I, I really enjoyed it. Oh, I love, um, I love the artwork. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take credit for some of that, but I also like to give so like the characters and the aliens. This is a very talented portrait artist that I... I found for Nexus and I, I went back to him. I tried to, I, I was like, you know, I looked around, see, you know, what other possibilities, but I was like, no, this is for the quality. This guy really does a fantastic job. So Hardy well, Fowler is, is responsible for those wonderful portraits. The the aliens and even just the planets really stand out to me. And it, it's it, after seeing so many times where it's just an afterthought, I really like that part of the game. Yeah. The, the anomalies I will take credit for. I had to teach myself a 3D visualization tool where I basically kind of figured out, oh, I can make pretty good-looking environments, and then by kind of some clever kit bashing of uh, assets, I can make like things that look like a cool alien planet. Uh, but they take it takes a lot of time to make those. And I will admit, as I went through the wormhole the first time. In the back of my mind, I was humming the Doctor Who theme. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that's, that song. Yeah, no, that's a compliment. That is an absolute. I, I would think that's a compliment at least. <laughs> no, it definitely is. Yeah. Uh, just a just a quick question, though. You can feel free to not answer if you don't have one yet, or if you don't wish to answer. Uh, now you can use the the gates to travel around once you've found them, but will there be a way to? From wherever you are, travel, travel to a gate where you've already been. Um, that's that's up in the air. There's definitely going to be. I have some ideas for some additional fast travel options that kind of expand. <clears throat> um, so I, in the first game, there was the uh, the hopper that allowed you to travel very short distances tactically. I kind of want to expand this in this one where there are. Uh, where there's some ship module that allows you to both make short-range tactical jumps, like in combat, but also maybe short-circuit some of the uh, the trekking. So, like, not completely jump across the map, but maybe if you're, like, one sector away or two sectors away from a jump gate, uh, cut that down to just a couple seconds. Um, not 100%, that's not in the game yet, but it's something that I'm investigating. So, so yeah. I, I guess the answer is sort of. I could see something like if you are, if you are within uh, x, di- you know, x distance away from that gate, uh, but you are not near to a gate yourself. You could maybe make that jump, but then you've got a long cooldown before you right. can activate so that. Maybe module. there's a tech that allows you to like recall to nearest gate or something. Something yeah, like that. But like yeah. it has a, like it has like a ten minute cooldown, so you can't just jump, 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 jump. You know, right? But- yeah. Something like that. Yeah, that, that would make sense. I could see that further down in the, the research tree. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, on. you're just going to keep going further and further out, and you don't want you don't want to be like, okay, it's going to take forever to get back. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely don't want to, like, I mean, I, I think, I, f- I forget who was saying this earlier, but, like, yeah, like, it's okay to have the, t- take a while to get there, but, like, back should be, like, pretty quick. Like, you don't want to have Agreed. the same, like, time yeah. coming back agreed yeah. agreed so it's so it's so nice how you sp- like at least in this version i've noticed where like you'll fl- you'll spend time flying out to a system but then that system will have a gate or a flicker yeah. a flinger or something you know to help make it easier yeah, to get back every, yeah and i'm trying to come up with like so like other ways of I, I haven't come up with any others yet but you know if people have suggestions i'd love to hear them of like so other ways to shorten that trip other than the that have a nexus there because I kind of like in, in some cases there are maybe story reasons why a particular location doesn't have a nexus because the nexuses were built by this previous civilization and there may be reasons why this area doesn't have them so I need to come one up way with flingers <laughs> that's a possibility yeah you could do the yeah. one way flingers it's like maybe the other the flinger on the other way other end is broken so like you get to this one and you're like oh now I can go back to that broken flinger that's that's a that's a good idea. I like that one. Or maybe like that. have the flingers be activatable from only the other end. Right. Yeah. So you could like once you've gotten to the other. That's kind of how like the nexuses work. But like, yeah, maybe like in a more limited way, you get yeah, to the other end. Why not just reuse that mechanic for flingers? It yeah, makes things interesting. Yeah. Or it's- or maybe if you're only meant to go there once, that the flinger breaks when you oh. use it to leave. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. Also, yes, it is the, how do you say, uh, it is the uh, Dark Souls approach. Does not open from this side. 
Beatles. So you can take a while to get there, and then you can leave quickly, but you can't get back the the way you just quickly left. <laughs> yes. Well, Be- right. Beatles eternally in the chat brings up an interesting thing. He says, "I'd love to see a procedurally generated sandbox mode in the future to increase replayability." Uh so that might be like a fun new game thing. Like you finish the the story of the original game, and like maybe you know after that. Yeah, that's a frequently asked uh, feature. Um, it I think kind of fights a little bit with the the core design. Like there's the, the universe is not completely fixed, but the main elements are. Um, they may not be in exactly the same space. But I do like the idea of having some like people like once I finish the game, I just want to be able to like go into a space, explore it indefinitely and fight stuff. Um, I think that might be another mode or possibly like maybe there's like one area you can go to that has that. Like if you go through this particular wormhole, it leads to this endless space. Um, but I do want to don't call it that. Mainly- don't call it that. You'll get in right. trouble. <laughs> <laughs> We already had to, like, we, 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 yeah, we already have a game developer that made a pre-sold spoken but called it Lost Fleet, uh, uh, you know, uh, like the, and it's a good game to be quite fair, but the, the name is a little bit So, all right, so maybe it goes to an unknown space. Uh, <laughs> hold on, unknown space, is that trademarked? A, a never, a never ending, uh, a never familiar. ending space, a never ending. I don't know. Where you find Falcor? Uh, <laughs> is it filled with a lot of nothing? Oh uh, yeah, no. Oh, gotta save your horse. Uh, it swallows your horse. I was just gonna. Make oh god damn it! Why would they? What about put, endless boy then? Why would they put that in a children's movie? It's like one of the most traumatic things. It's a children's movie. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. I will. I will never get over that. I will never get over that. I, I don't think any of us ever have. No. I. I think I'm missing context here. Okay. So in the never-ending story, uh, there's a point where the main character goes to this place called the Swamp of Sadness, and oh, the, and the horse drowns. Right. Yes. It is. Hortax yes. The Hortax the horse is one of the. Saddest things. See, Luke, I never watched Watership Down because I heard it was really super depressing. So I just avoided that one. I just avoided Watership Down because I heard now it was. I, now I feel like you should give me a, like a little paper cut and rub some salt into it. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but I, I just wanted to say that if there's ever a way to convince you to make this portable somehow, other than on other other than on a Steam Deck, uh, and you will want to take up a collection on some, you know, some GoFundMe kind of thing, let us all know, and I will be happy to contribute. There, yeah, okay. uh, this would and be you're great. In a about the the pre, uh, the the Switch, I think. I, so I don't have a Switch, but I. Are its capabilities close to the Steam Deck? No, God, no. The Steam Deck no. is a far more powerful machine okay. than the Switch. But uh, as I'm saying, they have got they have done amazing. Like they ported, um, like I said, No Man's Sky onto the Switch, astounding. They ported Wreckfest onto the Switch, amazing. Um, Skyrim, Skyrim on the Switch, incredible. Like, like it's it's not like. 
it is like probably the least powerful of the consoles currently. But what GP, like what GPU would be like parallel to like on a PC? Oh, for fuck's sake! What like a 1070, 970, something like that? It is not powerful at all. <laughs> it is not I mean, a power. This game could definitely run on a 970. Or- yeah, that's what I'm saying. It is not a powerful machine, but your game does not need a powerful computer to run it. So, uh, take up a collection and I'll contribute. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, that's right. The Witcher Three is on the Switch. Dear Lord, somehow, somehow they did that. <laughs> I don't know if they'll ever get Cyberpunk. I don't know how Cyberpunk would fit on the Switch. It, it's the, the- we barely run like the PS3s. Not on, not only that, but the UI elements in handheld mode would be tiny, way too tiny, I think. Um, but anyway, anyway, we we we're, we're a lot of us are big fans of the Switch here. Um, so like, whenever we see a game like this, we're like, oh, this would be great portable, and it would be. But like, get it get it out on PC first, then maybe figure get it, it out. Get, get, get it perfect, and then no, close close enough to perfect, and then Ex- then I'll start investigating. Exactly. Yeah. Get exactly. it get it on uh, get it on on Steam. Get it out of early access. Get it on Steam Deck, perhaps, and then. Depending on how that reaction goes, you might you might consider Switch. Exactly. How is the interface of Switch compared to the deck. Like if I get the if I can get it so that like let's say I get past the performance and I can get it, you know, I'm not worried about performance in terms of like could I just will the controls for the deck work for the I'm, Yeah, it's basically the same controls. You got four buttons, a D pad, two sticks, um, and, and it will contribute to it very well. I yeah, think it would it w- well. yeah. If you got it working with an Xbox controller, uh, it would pretty much be essentially the same thing on a Switch. Okay. Yeah, like if you look at a Switch Pro controller, it is basically an Xbox One controller, but better. <laughs> the Switch Pro controller is amazing, people. It's utterly amazing. But anyway, um, so yeah, it's basically would be the same controls. Just like different names, <laughs> different but the, the buttons with their different names, uh, but that'd be basically it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, Luke, the Switch Pro is an amazing, amazing controller. Like the only reason I'm not using it for my PC is because it's wireless. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I don't want a wireless controller for my PC. I guess I could plug it in, but that's fine. Um, Anyway, <laughs> we should probably start wrapping up. It's well over an hour. Um, does anyone else have any other questions for Kevin before we start wrapping up? Nope, I'm good. I think oh, I, oh. except for maybe this, I'm going to retire in two years, so I want to see a portable version in two years. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it. There's your deadline. You got two years. Make it happen. Two years. Make it happen, Lynn. Make it happen. We can do that. I think we could do that. Uh, so, folks, the game is uh, Starcom Unknown Space. It is a semi-sequel continuation thing of the amazing Starcom Nexus, which you can buy today. Uh, Starcom Unknown Space is coming out in early access on December 14th, so a month and a half from today as we record this on November 2nd. Um, and then we'll have to have you back once it hits 1.0. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause that's a, that. 
Oh yeah, no, we always try to have people back because we love to we we love we we love to celebrate that people made it their game made it to one you know. But we also love hearing how early access went because that's a that's a whole kettle of fish, and we love hearing how that went for some developers. Um, oh yeah, it's uh, the first one was quite an adventure, and I, I'm I'm knock on wood. I hope that this is a similar and also fun adventure. Yeah, it went pretty well for you the first time, I think, if I recall correctly, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I there's a lot of uncertainty for indie games, but I I feel very I'm very happy with the, the, both the response, like you know how much players enjoyed it, but also it was like successful enough that I felt you know very good about doing a, a follow up. Yeah, and and well, your game de- your games deserve all the success because again they're they're succeeding where a lot of games don't, um, and so we we need more games like this. We need more games that are big, expansive, uh, focusing on exploration and discovery. You know, combat is great. We all love space combat. Pew pew pew. We all love that. But the just space is a big thing, and we all want to be the next Captain Kirk that finds something. You know, to be to go where no one has gone before. You know, that's what we want. And uh, and your game nails it. Your game nails Absolutely. it. You know, I mean, I want to be Bill Adama, but uh, that's uh, that's uh, that's a me thing. <laughs> it's a little less exploration right there. <laughs> it's a little more, uh, you know, exploration, running away. You know, I was gonna it's, say uh, it's, it's not. Yeah, in, I think Adama is not exploration for the sake of discovery. It's exploration for the sake of survival, which is a completely a very different thing. Not a bad thing. It's a great thing. Um, Jane motivation. You played XO, right? Side yeah. thing. Okay, so that 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 sounds like exactly up your alley, right there. Uh, it is so up my alley. <laughs> exactly. I love it. It's so good. We'll have them back on when they hit 1.0. I'm sure. Um, so, folks, thank you so much. Uh, a very great chat today. Excellent chat today. Very active. Uh, it was great seeing everybody. And thank you for your questions and comments. Uh, next week on the show, we're going to be. I don't think we've had this developer on before, but we're going to be talking. Beat Hazard 3 next week. Um, Which is a unique one. <laughs> yeah. Very, uh, if you guys haven't seen Beat Hazard, it's a, the first two games were um, top-down shmups that are based on music. Uh, they're, 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 the levels are generated on music. But this, this new game has a, uh, a meta element that's a space exploration map that's also generated by your music. It's... Just go check it out. It's really weird. It's it's amazing. It's it's really amazing. So that's going to be next week. Uh, but Kevin, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to come on again. We're all I don't know if you could tell we're all very excited about your new game. Thank you, and I'm really, really it's really great to be back on here. And uh, it's always so much fun to talk to you guys. And, uh, the pleasure uh, is on. Being back. The pleasure is on this side of the table. Uh, have a great day, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> have a great day everyone be safe be well please take care of each other and if you haven't already again please get vaccinated if you haven't already my god we all need to get vaccinated and get your flu shot more and more people are having the flu because they're not getting their flu shot for god's sakes get your damn flu shot oh my god <laughs> i just got mine a few days ago yeah i got mine last week uh and it wasn't that bad uh so please get vaccinated and get your flu shot we got we, i oh i I think I'm getting mine some some next couple of months. We, we're on a different schedule here in Poland. Anyways, yes, good idea. Yeah, why do I, I? I shouldn't have to tell people this. Anyway, have a great one, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.
so low. I'm on-